Welcome to Money 911, the podcast that brings you expert advice to help you thrive financially. I'm Chris Miller, and today we have a special guest with us, someone who has dedicated the past 45 years to helping Americans do better with their money. Jordan Goodman has spent the past 45 years focused on one mission, to help Americans do better with their money. In a career spanning newspapers, magazines, books, radio, television, live events, teleseminars, and the internet, he has helped millions of people to solve their financial problems and realize their financial dreams. An honor graduate at Amherst College, Jordan had received his master's degree from Columbia University School of Journalism in 1977 when he launched an award-winning consumer-orientated newspaper insert, Info, which reached 4 million readers every week. That early foray, consumer journalism, soon led to an 18-year stint at Money, the foremost personal finance magazine in the U.S., where Jordan reported and wrote on every aspect of personal finance during his tenure at Money. He also became a regular presence on radio and television programs around the country when Jane Polly and Brian Gumbel of the Today Show wanted to refute some of the more dubious strategies of financial guru Charles Givens in 1986. It was Jordan they asked to face down Givens. When Ted Koppel needed a financial expert to explain to Nightline, viewers the implications of the stock market crash. In October 19, 1987, it was Jordan to whom he turned. While at money, Jordan also began to write the first of his 14 highly acclaimed books on personal finance. The Barron's Dictionary of Finance and Investment Terms, which Jordan co-authored with John Downs has been translated into Spanish, German, Russian, Japanese, Chinese, and has sold over 4 million copies worldwide. Now, in its 10th editions, it is considered a classic in its field and a staple on the syllabi of college personal finance and business courses, MBA classes, and security training seminars. Please welcome Jordan Goodman, widely known as America's Money Answers Man. Welcome, everybody, to Money 911, where we talk about health, wealth, and peace of mind, and how to have peace of mind with safe money and all the strategies that are out there that you don't know about. Now, before we get started, you already heard the awesome intro of my beautiful guest here, Jordan, who's wearing pink for me. (laughs) And make sure you you can see us, our beautiful faces here, over on YouTube at HealthyMoneyHappyLife.com, Money911. So you get the video, it's fun. Get to see our smiling faces. So make sure you subscribe. That really helps us push it out there. And thank you so much, Jordan, for being here. Great to be with you, Chris. Appreciate it. Really, we had a great, great show on your show, too. Right. Make sure everybody listens. 
called The Money Answer Show, and I had you as my guest on the Voice America Business Network, correct? I've been doing it for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, you've definitely been doing it a long time. I mean, you've, after reading your bio, right, is faint, (laughs) how many millions of shows and what is it, what, 17 books or something? It's 14. Let's not overstate it. Oh, 14. Okay. oh just 14. And some of the books, like the Dictionary of Financial Terms, has additions, but I count that as one book. That's fabulous, because you and I are both into this literacy, financial yes. literacy. So, And you know I have that course, Create Income You'll Never Outlive, so we'll have you as a guest inside of there, and that we'll talk about later, right? You know, there's so much to talk about here. You're just this wealth of really great information. And what I really want to get into is about the mortgage. You got my attention. I'm sure a lot of people will really want to know about this. Talk to me about mortgage-free in five to seven years. So this is a strategy called mortgage equity optimization that, as you say, literally can allow the average person to pay off their mortgage in roughly five to seven years instead of 30 years on their existing level of income. You don't have to have extra income. It's the way you flow your money that makes a huge difference in allowing you to pay down principal on a regular basis. So I'm going to explain that, but I'm going to first start with the existing system that most people are used to and then tell you how this is different from that. So the existing system is you get a 30-year mortgage. You make the same payment for 30 years every month. The first 10 to 15 years, you pay pretty much all interest. You're paying very, very little principal for a long, long time in a mortgage. After 15 years, maybe you paid down 10% of the principal, something like that. And then you start paying principal and by 30 years, it's paid off. Well, the reality, Chris, is that most people don't stay in a home for 30 years, okay? Right. Or they finance. So they never pay it off, you know, or take a long time to pay off mortgage with the existing system. And you can see how it's stacked in favor of the bank. They're getting all their interest up front and then they get the principal later. And they assume you're going to move or you're going to refinance and they just start the interest clock all over again. So it works really well for the bank, okay? Right, right. Meanwhile, while you're paying on this huge mortgage, mostly interest, your money is sitting in a checking account earning zero, right? So you see how this works. You mm-hmm. give your money to the bank for free, and then they charge you interest for 30-plus years. So this is a really good system for the banks, okay? Right. What I'm going to do is reverse the tables completely and actually have your money work for you instead of the bank. All right, so here's how mortgage equity optimization works. It uses a home equity line of credit, what's called the HELOC, okay, which is a liquid line, typically in second position on your house. You can put money in, you can take it out, you can write checks on it, you can electronically go from your checking account to the HELOC back. It's completely liquid, okay? But the thing about a HELOC is it's based on what's called average daily balance. So the amount of money you put into the HELOC is pushing down your balance for the amount of time you have it down. So here's what you do. You take your paycheck in your checking account. Instead of keeping it in your checking account earning nothing, you put it in the HELOC, and for the amount of time it's in there, you're pushing your balance down a little bit. You take money from the HELOC, you pay off your first with a particular, whatever the amount, 50,000, whatever it is, and then you pay off the HELOC over six months, however long it takes, and you do it again. And then you do it however many times, And within five to seven years, you've paid off your mortgage completely because your money is now working for you instead of the bank. Whenever I give strategies, I give specifics on how people can implement it as well. That's great. Yeah. And there's a website called truthinequity.com. 
It's a free website, and they'll take you step by step. In fact, they'll personalize it for your particular situation. So this might be helpful, Chris. Let me just give you a very simple example of how this would work. Maybe if I give you some numbers, that might might help a little right. bit. All right. So I'm just going to make up some numbers, but give you an idea. So say you have a house worth three hundred thousand. I'll just give you that, okay? And say you have a mortgage for two hundred thousand. You put down a hundred thousand, just to give you an example. All right. So you have a two hundred thousand first mortgage. Well, today it would be about seven percent interest, something like that. Even if you had a lower interest. Whatever it is, say it's seven percent. Okay, so that's your current situation. You've got a first at two hundred thousand. You have equity, so you take out a home equity line for say fifty thousand. You're not going to take your complete equity. You're going to take maybe half of it. So you have an equity line now for fifty thousand. That's empty. You just opened it, and you have a two hundred thousand mortgage. Okay, so you write a check on the home equity line for fifty thousand towards your first. Okay, so now you owe fifty on your home equity line. And 150 in your first, right? Now you use the technique we just talked about, and over whatever six months, however long it takes, you pay down that home equity line of credit from 50,000 down to zero, because you're constantly putting your paycheck, all your income into that HELOC, making progress every day in your income. So after I don't know, say six months, I'll say a year. Okay, after a year, you paid that 50,000 of the HELOC off. You then do it again. You now write another check on the HELOC for 50,000 towards your first, which has hardly made any progress at this point. Right. And so now 150,000 is 100. Over the next year, you pay the HELOC down to zero. You do it twice more, okay? So we're at four years now, and you've paid off the first. And then in the fifth year, you pay off your HELOC and you're now mortgage-free. Does that help explain it a little bit? That's amazing. I mean, you know, (laughs) where were you a few years ago? (laughs) I was writing a book. I was writing a book called Master Your Debt. There, there you is, go. There you go. Where I even sent you the, the chapter and it describes exactly how this works. This, that's, that's not that's something that's banks true. want you to hear about. Banks do not want you to hear about because they think no. the great system today is great. You give them your money for free yeah. and you pay them just for the rest of your life. Sounds great to them. Right. But you see what the difference is, is your it's money crazy. every day right. is making progress on the principal. Right. Okay? Now, there's three things you need to make mortgage equity optimization work for you. First thing is you have to have positive cash flow during the month. Mm -hmm. You have have more income coming in than your expenses because that positive cash flow is what's pushing down the principal on a continuous basis. If you're a negative cash flow, this isn't going to work. If you're spending more than you're taking in, Mm -hmm. there's nothing to pay down the principal. That's the first thing. Second thing you need, a decent credit score. I would say 670 or higher to be able to qualify for the HELOC. Mm-hmm. Most people would be able to do that. And the third year, you need a house. You need a, an asset to borrow against. And most people are going to have that as well. And with those three, and I would say another thing, a soft skill is discipline. Okay? This takes getting your mind into it and getting into a different habit. So the habit most people are in now is they just put all their money in their checking account, since they're doing nothing, they make their mortgage payment once a month, and they don't think there's any other alternative. Right. Now you're in the habit of moving your money into the HELOC, paying it down. It takes a little bit of effort, not much, maybe once a month you do something. Right. Look at the difference. So on the example we just gave, you paid off your 200000 mortgage in five years, say. Okay. It's right. not only saving the 200000 but all the interest you would have paid on that for the next right. 25 years. So maybe that's 200000 or whatever, some huge number. So you're saving. And, and now... After your mortgage is paid off after, say, five years, 
you keep making the same payment, but now you make it to yourself or you put it in investments and you make your money grow instead of paying down debt. That's so what smart. A difference, yeah. What a difference in your life it'll be when you hit 65 yeah. instead of finally paid off my mortgage. Well, I paid that off, you know, yeah. years ago. Right. And I've got a big mutual fund portfolio or something that's growing with the yeah. same money you've already got. It's just to make the way you flow it makes all the difference. So again, a free place to find out how this works for you individually is truthandequity.com. I've just revolutionized all your listeners and your viewers' lives. See, you give them safe money tips because that's what we like to talk about, like the secrets of the 1% or things that people don't exactly. know Exactly. They do this all the time. That is so cool. And what it's probably the double, I mean, what you pay in interest, I'm sure you know the stats, like if you have 200,000, it's you're paying double of what Exactly, yeah, or more. Right. Now today, more. with interest at seven percent today, it's more than that. Sheesh! Right, double would be in the old days, like a year or so ago, it was three percent. Right. Imagine what you're going to pay at seven percent, which is where rates are. Goodness so gracious! You, if you have a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage, it's probably going to cost you three hundred thousand interest over thirty years, or maybe even more. Something okay. like that. Will that work for lots, vacant lots? Uh, no, you can't do a HELOC on a lot, vacant lot. Okay, so it's a HELOC. It's home equity. On yeah. home equity. Okay, see, how I don't know that much about okay. that. And I don't think anybody else does either. This is like a secret. I mean, it's that's amazing. So, okay, and one more time, that site is? Truthinequity.com. Truthinequity.com. By the way, you can pay off more than your mortgage using the system. You can pay off student loans, credit card mm-hmm. debt, car loans, health care debt. Yeah. You can pay off all your debts using the system, not only your mortgage. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you about the student loans, but that's just sure. basically the same thing, right? And right. show me your student book. Student loans like a mortgage today. Student loans like a mortgage today. It is like a mortgage. Goodness. People, if you have graduate school, <laughs> no, maybe it's 100000 for undergraduate, graduate baby. Yeah. If you go to dental school, business school, law school, it's three, dollars $400,000. It's like a mortgage. Sometimes it's bigger than the mortgage, actually. It's, it's crazy. shocking what people have. I'm blown away. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you know, one thing I've really admired how you, you know, when you connect with, you know, when you're different media and conversations, you're, you're always able to wrap the current affairs in, right? Yes. What's going on. And one of the topics that everybody's on everybody's mind is healthcare and the bills. Because right. that, what I've seen in 33 years, is that most people end up losing their estate before they pass away, either in a nursing home, probate, or the Great Recession, right? Correct, correct. And healthcare bills a big thing. I mean, people are living longer, which is good, but it means they have many more healthcare bills than a previous generation would clearly have had. So if you're behind on your healthcare bills, most people don't think there's anything you can do about it, frankly. But the good news is there are things you can do about it. Now, there are a whole group of what are called healthcare advocacy organizations that all they do is negotiate on your behalf with healthcare providers, doctors, hospitals, specialists, you know, these people have very aggressive debt collectors. Okay. You get a, right. you have a, a joke. Yeah. heart transplant and your insurance, even just the co-payment could be 20, 30, 50,000, whatever it may be. They sick the debt collectors on you and really go after you hard. Yeah. And people think there's nothing you can do about it. In fact, it's one of the major sources of bankruptcy mm-hmm. is uh, healthcare bills. Okay. Yeah. So what you do is you get a healthcare advocacy organization. And the one that I think is best is called healthcareadvocates.com based in Philadelphia. 
Okay. And they have a whole staff, and this is all they do. For the first thing they do is analyze your healthcare bills in great detail. And they say, you charge this guy $80 for an aspirin. We're going to move that down to a dollar. Okay. I mean, really, you can't do this yourself. It's all in these codes. You you can't possibly figure out what's in these. They go through line by line Mm -hmm. and get the cost down to something reasonable instead of these wildly inflated numbers that the the hospitals and doctors often charge. First thing they do. Then they negotiate with the like the CFO of the hospital or the guy, the financial officer of the medical clinic or whatever it may be. And they've been doing this for years. And they get them to settle for like 10 or 15 cents on the dollar. Right. Would the hospital rather get, you know, say it's a $200,000 bill, would they rather get 10000 or nothing? Okay. So they'll take it. But the individual is not set up to negotiate with the CFO of a hospital. Okay. So it's not going to happen. Okay? Yeah. They just yeah. send the debt collectors to harass you into your right. grave, you know? So yeah. that's what these people do. And they only get paid based on the savings. So if they don't save or anything, you don't pay anything. So Perfect. it's a no, no yeah. lose operation. Yeah. And it's helped tons of people, tons of people. You know, now, so again, so their, their website's healthcareadvocates.com. They've got a phone number, 215-735-7711. And I've dealt with him for years. He's actually shown me, the guy who runs it, who has a whole staff, you know, here was a bill for this guy who had a heart transplant for $300,000. And he settled it for 5000 or something like that, you know. And it's oh, like, nice. how did you do that? Well, that's what we do. So yeah, There it is. There you go. Yeah. yeah. You just have to know the right places to go, and, and there you go. Yes. So I just saved you hundreds of thousands of dollars in your health care bills. Absolutely. You know, people don't really realize how those bills are. Like my mom had, God bless her, she had cancer for 10 years oh. and five days of chemo in 2010. What do the bills add up to, Chris, over the time? Just roughly, what do they add up to? Millions of dollars. I yes. mean, her So her, her chemo for five days was $90,000. So she had chemo five days a month, right? So million and million dollars is not a lot of money. So my right. dad was in, you know, because they had a lot of money that he didn't get long-term care insurance. So he oh ended up sped, bending down the state one day. He said, honey, you're going to inherit a million dollars. And I said, I'm glad I was in the right mind. I said, dad, I just want you. And I really meant it. I w- never counted on the money. A few years later, came back, Jordan, and said, well, you might get something. And they went through maybe, I don't, I can't even guess, four <laughs> no. to $7 million right, in 10 million. years. Doctors, Crazy. therapies, drugs. People don't get what happens. Crazy. So, I mean, you know, that could have been negotiated down to whatever, one million. Yeah, Yeah, we didn't know you then. (laughs) And my dad was a great scientist and Einstein gave him a class. So (laughs) nobody has any idea these things exist. And and the hospital certainly not going to tell you about it. Nobody. Right. They're not going to tell you. They get less (laughs) money. Well, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold, 
and you can do it with the help of Birch Gold. And here's the easiest way to do it. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. You don't pay a penny out of pocket. As BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa band together against the dollar, more and more central banks are diversifying. You know what they're buying? Gold. Follow their lead and visit Birch Gold backslash money 911 for your free information kit on gold. There's no obligation, just information. With an A-plus rating with a better business bureau and thousands of happy customers, Birch Gold can help protect your savings too. Visit Birch Gold backslash money 911. Take action today. You know, one thing that I'm really passionate about and that we have in common is financial literacy and teaching people because you go to school, you learn how to make money, you get out of school, what do you do? Go make money and give it to somebody else to gamble. And I've seen a lot of people, you know, they get something and they don't even know what they have. And then they get, is the market going to be up or down when I retire? And so teaching the education and, you know, you're a big nonprofit person, right? A lot of guidance in that because I see a lot of people that have successful businesses and they get to the midlife that they want to give back, like what happened, right? right? I want to, you know, midlife, I was like, you know, I want to share this with people so they know, not just wait to the end of the life and then start the retirement plan. Right. I'll just give you one organization. It's a good one called Jumpstart Coalition. You may be familiar with them already. And that's a, a centralized kind of a clearinghouse for all kinds of personal financial literacy efforts. And it's not only schools. Schools is part of it, but it's also the workplace. You know, a lot of people have these 401ks and wonderful things, but they don't know how to allocate it. Uh, they might have various employee benefits. They don't know how to take advantage of it. There's life insurance. There's health insurance. There are things and at the workplace, people don't know what to do. So employee education at the workplace can be very good. And then in retirement, a lot of people have accumulated money, but particularly in recent years when you were getting zero on CDs and money market funds, they didn't know where to put it. They had some safety. Now at least you get a little bit more of a yield. But retirement financial education is important too. So it's not right. only schools all the way through. We are a financially illiterate country. Okay. And the result totally. is yeah. what you see in the amount of debt we have. We have over a trillion dollars in credit card debt, yeah. roughly 1.8 trillion in student loan debt, mm. over a trillion in car loan debt, and about 15 trillion in mortgage debt. And that's we just let's add the healthcare bill, that's another trillion or so on the healthcare bills as well. So you know, that's what happens is if your income is not as enough as your expenses, people make up the difference with debt and then they get into trouble. And now right. you got 20% interest piling on you all the time and you get sunk. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a mindset it to be is. in control of your money mm-hmm. instead of being a victim. Okay. That's why I, I did this book called Master Your Debt, which is about mastering your debt and having, instead of it being a master of you. That's basically the idea of that book. Boy, I think you need to teach the guys that are running the government too. They keep printing all this oh, money, yes. right? And then we're well, going to have another $4 trillion and, and, right. 
And then what? The difference between them and us is they can print it. Right. Chris Miller dollars. Nobody's going to accept your money. Darn. But the dollars at the treasury, that just keep spinning it out and make people accept them. So that's right. the difference. So, you know, I think their your book, you know, about the debt is, I think that hits everybody. Of Maybe you could give a few tips because the budgeting and the savings and discretionary and non-discretionary and the credit card monsters, right? Yeah. People can't get out of debt. And the, and the people that are stuck in the paycheck to paycheck, they always say they can't save, but they don't step back and see the, all the extra things they might be spending their money on or you know, things that they can down. Work on both sides of the equation. Okay, right. On the income side, if, if your existing job is not enough, do a side hustle. Okay, you can do it things online. You can drive for Uber or deliver food with DoorDash. I mean, there are things you can do in your off hours to boost your income, quite simply. So, right. and, and invest and get income. Okay, right. you don't have to just be working all the time. You can be sleeping and earning money in oh, your sleep. That's we don't have to work all the time. Okay, no. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, whether it be dividend stocks that are producing dividends, which you can compound. Whether it be bonds, where today you can get roughly five percent, four or five percent on bonds and money market funds. There are ways for your money to work and and really right. work for you. Right. It's the difference between what I call positive compounding versus negative compounding. Positive compounding is your money is producing more money every day as compounding on itself. Yeah. Negative compounding is you've got debt compounding on itself, more and more debt all the time that sinks you. What a difference in your life. You're doing positive versus negative compounding. That's a positive difference, right? Exactly. Well, you know, you're, you are known as America's money answer man, right? And, right. you know, you've been on all the TV, everybody sees you on there. And, and, Everybody's got their opinion. Some people think, you know, it's a recession or it's a deflation or it's this. But the trends are not really trending very positive. I just want to, you know, get your take on where where you think we're going. And then I got to throw in what's happening with the BRICS and, sure. that, you know, the new currency that they're going to have that's gold back. And then is that going to affect the prime, you know, the currencies and... Okay. Well, as yeah. the U.S. economy, I mean, I think we're doing relatively better than the rest of the world. Europe is in a recession, and the whole Ukraine war has been just devastating for everything. And just recently, the Russians said they're going to stop uh, exports of Ukrainian grain. Oh, boy. We're going to have starvation around the world, and grain prices have already shot up 20%. Goodness. So it's caused inflation, it's caused dislocations around the world, yes. and it's getting hit hard. China is in very weak position right now. They've had this enormous growth, uh, particularly in real estate, where they were building all these huge cities. Well, a lot of the developers have gone bankrupt, and you have these so-called ghost cities. You have all these towers that are empty, or maybe they're half-built, and people put their life savings into buying these apartments, mm -hmm. and then they're never going to get them delivered because the developer went bankrupt. Okay, mm -hmm. And it's really hurting the Chinese economy very badly. And the, the latest number from them, was uh, inflation was down 5.4% in the latest month. That's deflation. Mm. That's because things are, and they have a COVID lockdown, which basically shut the economy off for like two years. Mm. So China's being very aggressive politically around the world, but domestically they are in a world of hurt, okay? Right. Uh, Latin America has got all kinds of problems in its own way, and revolutions and things going on all the time. So compared to the rest of the world, we're doing pretty well. 
I mean, we're going to be growing at maybe a 2% rate this year. I don't think we're going to have a recession. The Fed has raised rates 10 times. They're probably going to raise 11 times. Maybe they'll stop after that enough. So it takes a while. But inflation, which a year ago was 9%, is now 3%. So it's coming down, which is what the Fed's looking for. So I think the Fed's probably going to stop raising rates, but keep rates at this rough level of 5.5% for quite a while to make sure inflation is under control. Okay. So it's okay to have 2 to 3% inflation. What you don't want is what's happening in China right now, which is right. deflation. That is scary. And that's hard to get out of if you get a deflationary cycle. Right. The best example there being Japan. Japan peaked in 1990. And the next two decades, they call them the lost decades because right. of deflation in Japan. Prices were falling. And even though the Japanese government was spending like crazy and going into debt and building roads and bridges and everything, they couldn't get out of that deflationary cycle. I think the same thing's happening right now in China. So I'd much rather have slight inflation than out of control deflation, which I think is what's hitting China, and to some extent Europe as well. And on top of that, you've got the demographic problems, which is that you have an older population in Europe, in China, in Japan, and also in the U.S. to some extent. And you have these older people, the baby boomers, who need to be supported by younger people, and there aren't enough of them to do it. Right. So that's why Social Security and Medicare, nobody seems to want to do anything about them. I know. They're in trouble, okay? I yeah. Mean, Medicare into you know not being able to pay its bills in five years and Social Security in maybe 10 years, something like that. So oh, that's boy. bad. But in yeah. China, they don't have Social Security or Medicare in China. Mm. So older people have to be taken care of by the young people who don't want to be doing that. So You're saying they've 10 got a years? demographic time bomb that's gone off right. in China mm. and Europe, Italy, Germany, France, all have older populations right. that are not being supported by the young ones. So yeah. compared to the rest of the world, we're doing much better. Right. But you're saying Medicare in 10 years? So No, Social five Security years. in 10 years, Medicare in five years. That's Correct. Pretty, about 2028. Correct. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty important, I would think. Right? And Congress is not going to do anything about it. I They're, mean, they talk about it, but they say, oh, no, Medicare Social Security is off the table. We can't even yeah. discuss then it. They don't want to talk about up. anything important now. <laughs> yeah. So they just wait till it blows up or something, I guess. Yeah, that could be ugly. So, but it's, it it's is ugly. It is ugly. Is that in the past the United States would solve this by immigration, mm -hmm. right? As our birth rate's been going down for decades, we don't replace our own population domestically. I think it's two point one babies, mm -hmm. and we're like one point three now. So, I mean, lots of couples have no children, and lots of people don't get married. There's a lot. I think twenty five percent of the population is single. So we're just having fewer and fewer domestic babies. In the past, the U.S. would make that up with immigration to get the workers we need. Now we've got a whole debate over immigration, and we're trying to stop people. We're limiting immigration. So that's why you have this huge labor shortage in America. Huge. There's about 9.5 million unfilled jobs in America that people can't find way to do it because the immigrants in the past that would have done it aren't being allowed in. Well, I think there's as far I've heard that there's at least 10 million that have gotten through this last few years that they literally have documented. There's a lot of people that have come through, but that's another mess that they don't want to get down in Congress and talk about. Social Security, immigration, same old story over and over again. But that's kind of like, you know, you look at the government, but that's really what's going on in your own family, right? right. Waiting till it all explodes or you get the debt collector knocking at the door. 
Okay, let me throw in one more. How about the CBDC? Right. What do you think about the CBDC? You think that's, uh, they are putting it in the banks, right? You're talking about the new currency, you mean? The uh, digital currency. So the digital currency is being implemented worldwide. Okay. The purpose of it is to be able to have the governments track every penny you spend. Right. Yes. Now, in theory, this is backed by gold, but I don't think there's enough gold to back the amount of currency that's out there. No. So it's basically a control mechanism. Now, in China, they're used to this. Right. In China, there's surveillance all the time, and you walk on the street, and there's like 20 cameras watching you and doing right. face identification to make sure you don't do anything wrong, you know? Right. We're not used to that. But if they control the currency, they know exactly where you're spending your money and they want to collect taxes. And <laughs> I don't think it's a good thing, but I think it is coming. I don't think it's a good thing either. And I think it's closer than people think, right. actually. And, I'm, and you know, you, you can prophesize and say, you know, certain things are going to cause it to happen faster or not. But it's a good idea. That's why I'm always pushing safe money, Right. And are you a fan of precious metals or having something? Yes. What, yes. What, what percentage of precious metals do you recommend? At least, at least 10%, if not okay. more. Gold okay. is up to you know, roughly 2000 an ounce, something like that. Right. When you have all this money printing, I mean, we printed trillions of dollars during COVID. Trillions. Yeah. The, the Federal Reserve and the Treasury's balance sheet went from about $4 trillion to about $9 trillion. Mm-hmm. Cut back a little bit. That is inflationary in the long run. And Europe did the same thing, the European Central Bank, and the Chinese did the same thing, and the Japanese, all the central banks just printed trillions and trillions of dollars, okay? So what that does is devalue those dollars, and it means that people want hard assets instead. I mean, an extreme example would be like Zimbabwe or Venezuela or Argentina or something, where the the currency becomes worthless because they just keep printing it forever. People don't even transact in currency. The only thing mm-hmm. transacting is gold or hard assets of various stuff. Now, we're not there yet. But right. gold definitely, I mean, it's gone from 1500 and 2000, you know, kind of generally is going up. And the other currency, I guess you'd say, is Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin's gone, it's volatile day to day for sure. But, uh, you know, it got up to 65,000, then it went back to like 10,000. Now it's about 30,000. I think in the long run, you want some Bitcoin in your portfolio as well. It's kind of an alternative gold to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and people are putting money into Bitcoin as an alternative to these inflated dollars that are being printed like crazy. Right. And maybe I'm more on the safe money side, but I have a feeling that's going to be short-lived if the governments are going to try to control. They don't want a Bitcoin. So it, I think it's going to have a little legs for a certain amount of time. But if they control, they dominate the health and the wealth and globally, which is what they're doing, right? The one world government. Revelations, right. we're right here. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's real. It's, it's, it's thing about Bitcoin. The thing about Bitcoin is it's global. It's on the blockchain. It's not like in one central location. Right. That That's and why it's they push it out from one place, right. it just goes somewhere else. I mean, there are certain places, I think El Salvador is like wanting to do everything in Bitcoin, you know, and they're yeah. in Puerto Rico, and there are places that want to encourage Bitcoin trading and so on. So yeah. if China pushes it out, it's not going to disappear. It's just going to move somewhere else. People want to use Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies right. to make very quick payments. So they're not going to be able to snuff it out. It's just not going to happen. Okay. Well, that's more positive than what I've been hearing anyway, for sure. Well, you know, boy, we could just talk off for a long time here. Just to wrap up, maybe give, look, 
someone's just zooming through their life and they hear this podcast and make sure you guys subscribe, but listen to Jordan. I mean, he's a wise man. And I, I just want you to drop a few little tips and jewels that people could grab a hold of that they could start to take action on and, and, and get balanced. Well, let me give you some other ideas. There's one thing called PPPs, which is a private placement platform, or it's also known as a ping trade. Okay, I actually sent you a little bit of description on these things. Now, the minimum is, it's on the high side, but a lot of people have it. Minimum is like a million dollars, actually do it. But if you do that, you get incredible returns, typically like 100% in 10 days, and then after that, 100% per month for 10 months, something like that. It sounds magical, it sounds impossible, but it is absolutely real. And I know it for sure, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, a ping trade is where you literally leave the million dollars in your bank account, and every day the computer pings it to make sure it's still there, okay? You don't have to move it anywhere. And that money is earning, you know, whatever it is, 100% over what's uh, called a bullet trade over 10 days, typically. And then it converts into a longer-term typically a 40-week kind of trade. So these bullet trades and ping trades and PPPs are legitimate. They're out there. They're offered by HSBC and Barclays and UBS and big traditional banks, but most people don't even know they exist. So I've now made your money grow 100%. Whoa, I never knew about them, and I've been in money for three decades, but is it it just the money's going pinging into an investment, or where is it pinging? What they do is they will do what are called managed buy-sell programs. So if you know what SBLCs are, standby letters of credit, it's a form of security. And what they do is they buy and sell it several times a day. They buy it at 44, they sell it at 68, and they do another one. They've got an exit buyer ready before they even buy it in the first place. So they're doing rapid trading like this that's completely secure, and that's how they generate these incredibly high returns. And the banks make a lot more money than they're paying you. If you get 100%, the bank is making 700%, something like that. So don't feel bad for the bank. They're doing just fine with these trades. <laughs> right, I'm not feeling bad for banks. But what about the poor little people that don't have it? I, now, you know, when I get my extra million or whatever, that that sounds interesting. Never really knew about that. No. But for the average person that throws their money in a bank that doesn't pay any interest, there's not really a lot of options for liquid. Well, Today, you can do money market funds are in the 5% range. Online banks that don't have all the cost of brick and mortar can be in the 5% range. So there are definite banks out there that today are paying in the 4 and 5% range, which is not bad. I mean, if inflation's at 3, you're slightly ahead of inflation. It's certainly better than what we were used to the last 10 years when we're getting zero. Right. But traditional banks are continuing to pay zero because they feel they can get away with it. Right. But a lot of these online banks are paying decent yields, 4 and 5%. So for the average person that wants to stay liquid, you can get a decent return today. Okay, there you go. Boy, you've, we've covered a whole lot today. Jordan, it's been a really honor to have you. Any other final notes you want to drive everybody one, to? One more quick one yeah. for you. Good. Student loans. We talked about student oh, loans. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we had a major change recently, which is President Biden had said we're going to forgive $400 billion in student loans, 10000 for some, up to 20000 if you had a Pell Grant. And everything was going along smoothly. And then a little place called the Supreme Court said, no, you're not doing that. You don't have legal authority to do it. And frankly, the Supreme Court was right. Congress can do it, but the president cannot forgive $400 billion by stroke of his pen with an executive order. So I think 
Supreme Court was right about that, actually. But a lot of people, 43 million Americans have student loans. So you have 43 million disappointed people out there who are expecting this 10,000 or 20,000 to just disappear. Right. And now it's coming back and the interest, they haven't been paying interest on it. Okay. Uh-huh. So a lot of people are not happy about that. In addition to which, there was a three year holiday for paying on student loans because of COVID that ends at the end of August. And starting, I think, in October, you're going to have to start paying. So the people with student loans are getting a double whammy of the 10000 that they thought was going to disappear coming back per person and having to start making payments on what they have not been making payments on in three years. And by the way, the interest was continuing to compound during those three years, even though they weren't making payments. So in many, I think it's the most, or something like 60% of the people with student loans owe more now than when they graduated. Oh my gosh, that is like, that's, there's even another- if they've been making payments because it hasn't been oh. built, you know, cutting that. So, but yeah. me, you know, I'm about solutions, not only problems. Right. Consolidate right. all your student loans into one payment at a lower interest rate. Typically, you can get about 4% today. And now you make one payment, you can pay it off faster. Student loans are at 7, 8. If they're private loans, 10%, something like that. A place I like is called Splash Financial. Okay. Their website splashfinancial.com. And you consolidate federal loans, private loans, all the different loans, graduate school loans, all into one at a lower payment, at a lower interest rate. I'm not making them magically disappear like Biden tried to, but right. at least you can pay them off quicker with a lower interest rate. So that might oh, help some. Oh, that's great. And is that your company, Splash.com? No, that's a company based in Cleveland. And you're just sharing just, information. How nice. I'm just sharing information. They, they help a lot of people refinance their student loans. Oh, boy, that's really, I get so many people that ask me, and, and it's hard to find someone to trust that you can consolidate. And that's great. Everybody, you know, we shall come back once that hits the news and people realize, oh, right, I got this. Well, that shocked a lot of people because they thought that Biden would get away with it. I never thought that it was legal what he was doing. There was never any legislation no. giving him the right to forgive $400 billion of student loans for the struggle. Could just sign that into being without the Congress. Right. That was like Constitution 101. I call that constitutional chutzpah, yes. <laughs> That's it right there. Exactly. But the Supreme Court did not go for that chutzpah, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we've covered a lot in this time. We've, we've, okay, look at what we've done. We've paid people's mortgages off at five there to seven go. years. We've refinanced their student loans. Mm-hmm. We have them a PPP program where they can earn 100% in 10 days, okay? We've got their health care bills paid off or reduced down to a dramatically lower level. They're in great shape now, see? There you go. Now it's time for a vacation. <laughs> I love that. I, yeah, get just get rid of the credit card, okay? Just if you can't pay for it, just you know, back off and yes. get out of debt. Boy, Jordan, you are just and I love how you summed it all up and everything. So again, it's a real honor to have you here. And we'll come back again and maybe hit some of that student loan because when it comes on the news, then people will pay attention, maybe. Maybe. If people want to contact me, by the way, my email is jordanatmoneyanswers.com. Yes, Jordan I've taken emails from people for many, many years and love to help them in any way possible. There you go, Jordan at moneyanswers.com. Correct. Perfect. All right, Jordan, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Chris. Appreciate it. There's so much to learn about healthy money. I hope today's discussion brings you one step closer to securing and protecting your future. So you can get started on the right foot, 
go to meetwithchrismeller.com and schedule your free financial fitness strategy session. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to Money 911 so you don't miss our next episode, which includes health, wealth, and peace of mind.